Welcome to Inside the Pages, presented by the Cornerstone of Grace. We're located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona, California. Sunday praise and worship begins at 9 a.m. Wednesday Bible study at 7 p.m. Here we are. This is the day that the Lord has made and we can rejoice and be glad in it. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we're faithful, we're bold. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. My prayer is that you are blessed this evening and that God, that you're recognizing him as being sovereign in your life. Listen, we're, we're just a few months away from our SoCal Pentecost service in Rancho Cucamonga. We'll be celebrating and, and magnifying the Lord. Magnifying him because of who he is, not because we're asking him to do everything for us. He's God. He's God. And he deserves to be praised and honored. I want to invite you to, to join in with us on that service. Please visit ConnectingTruth.org. That is ConnectingTruth.org. And see the updates for that service. It's not far away. And I, I solicit your prayers as we make preparation. This is a year of preparation. And certainly the Lord has what he has for us. We should walk with the expectation and preparation of receiving the Lord's blessing. We should also walk with that same expectation in doing what is right, what is pleasing in his sight. You know, one thing for sure that is pleasing unto the Lord is holiness. He said, be ye holy for I am holy. And that's it. That's, it has nothing to do with my opinion of what holiness is what anyone else share with you and tell you what they think holiness is, it's what God says it is. And that's the final authority on it. Listen, we're in the book of Genesis, touching the law, the universe, earth, man, and spirit. We're touching the cause and designing mind behind everything. And with that being said, let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness. We thank you for your grace and mercy on this 28th day of February, 2024. We give you glory and honor for who you are, your ability, what you have revealed to us, what you have spoken in our lives. Lord God, and, and for saving our soul. Lord Jesus, thank you. You've blessed us to be heirs of salvation. Lord, I ask that you would bless those that are tuning in, those that are current, present, those that are going to be listening later, Lord God, as they, the time element, their location, Lord God, I ask that you will go before us, each one of us, help us to walk before you and be found pleasing in your sight. Ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. In the book of Genesis, we're in the 26th chapter, and we're going to start with verse 6 and read through verse 12. And, and so the, the word of God says, and Isaac dwelt in Gera. And the men of that place, the men of the place asked him of his wife. 
And he said, she is my sister. For he feared to say, she is my wife. Least said he, the man of the place, should kill me for Rebecca, because she was fair to look upon. And it came to pass when he had been there a long time that Abimelech, the king of the Philistines, looked out at a window and saw and beheld Isaac was sporting with Rebekah, his wife. And Abimelech called Isaac and said, Behold, of a surety, she is thy wife. And how says thou, she is my sister? And Isaac said unto him, Because I said, least I should die for her. And Abimelech said, What is this thou hast done unto us? One of the people might lightly have leaned with thy wife, and thou should have brought guiltness upon us. And Abimelech charged all his people, saying, He that touches this man or his wife shall surely be put to death. Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Lord blessed him. I want to take a thought this evening, and that is your fear causes trouble. Whatever you're afraid of can cause trouble. Now, I know that there are many that are listening, those that will be listening, that have fears of certain things. And some of the fear is unmerited, but it exists. Why is something that you have to sit down and think about? What am I afraid of? Why am I afraid of it? Um, my, my LG, he likes to run up on me and say, Rar, and, is, and try to startle me, scare me, you know, within my own, within my home. And he said, it doesn't work. He's not a little guy, and, but it doesn't work. And I, I told him it don't work because I'm in familiar territory. This is my abode. This is where I dwell at. And I know everything that I need to know about being here. And so I don't find it frightening. Where you abide at, where you live, in your familiar surroundings, you should not find frightening. You should not walk in fear of things. Now, Brittany Carr published a book called Fear. It, it And she used the acronym. It's said to be self-generated fear. Uh, the acronym itself, false evil appearing real. And, you know, some of us heard that in the movie um, portrayed and people ran around, you know, preaching on it and talking about it and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And there is some legitimacy to that. It appears real, even though it may have no real substance. Arising when we feel threatened or undetermined, which makes us cling to the known or familiar. And so therefore, because we fear change, we don't change. We don't do things. You know, people complain about their current situation and what they dislike about it. And they have the ability, there's opportunity to change, but they won't do it because they're comfortable. And so their fear causes them this trouble. And until they get over the fear, 
they will have the trouble of what they dislike. We used to simply call it paranoia, uh, being worried, nervous, or anxious for, uh, for nothing, and, and so on. Matter of fact, the, the Bible says that uh, a wicked man, a wicked man flees when no man pursues. So uh, a wicked person may run in fear. Nobody's even chasing them. They, they just uh, may be scared on edge uh, because they've done so much that they, they are on edge. You know, if, if you were a bad boy or girl, you know, back in the day, uh, maybe you was like that. You know, if you if you was like uh, some of us that was functioning dependence, meaning that you you stayed intoxicated, but at the same time, uh, you function. You did things that you needed to do, but you were always looking over your shoulder, too, because you didn't want to get caught, even though others had already peeped you out and saw what you were doing. But we won't go all into that this evening. In the day, or back in that day, uh, the ghetto boys used to sing about it in my mind playing tricks on me. Uh, he was suspicious of everything and everyone, only to realize it was his imagination. And it took him for a terrifying ride. Fear will take you for a terrifying ride. And maybe you recall such an episode. I, I know I, I have stories that I share from time to time about, about back in the day. Nothing to be proud of. Some things I laugh at. Some things I, 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 so glad that God saved me, and I'm ashamed of. And I thank God for delivering me from those things. And I'm sure that many of you feel the same way. You know. So we thank God for His deliverance, even His deliverance that uh, that tells us. He says, "Now guard your heart." And one of the most important things that we have that we can do is to guard our heart. Now, in the Book of Proverbs. Uh, 4 and 20 says, keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And that includes fear or that unfounded fear that you really should not be possessing. Whatever a person thinks is their reality. Now, we all need to understand that. I, I learned a valuable lesson about that uh, some years ago when I was dealing with a, a very heartbreaking situation. And when I went to consultation, um, I was told that a person, whatever they're thinking, that is their reality. It doesn't mean what they're thinking is correct, but it is yet their reality. And so and as you walk and talk, as you work together, uh, as you start a relationship uh, with hope of enduring, you will have to do a reality check and understand the mindset of the person that you are creating a relationship with. Now, counseling is good before and after marriage. So if you plan on getting married, go to counseling. Don't just assume that, well, counseling is not needed. No, you need to go to counseling. You need to talk about those things. You need to learn about each other. And, you know, there's the hard questions that will come up um, when you're in counseling. I knew of a couple that was in counseling and the gentleman, he was all in. He was in. Uh, however, it was revealed during counseling that the woman was not all in. Matter of fact, it came out that that she was more interested in the substance that he had than in him as a person. And so that relationship didn't go very far within less than a year. It was it was over. 
so the counseling is good. You find out things and find out things that you may not want to hear. And it's better to find out early than to find out later. It is where counseling is where reality meets fear, meets different things that that um, that falseness, whether it is good or bad, you're going to deal with it. It is where truth is presented and hopefully issues are eventually resolved. And so sometime even during a marriage, you may have to go to counseling uh, to have some issues resolved because you may not be willing or openly talking about things. Sometimes we dance around things. And so we don't really talk about what we need to talk about. And so it just remains the elephant in the room and, until after a while that, you know, it just reaches a particular point. And that's what you want to avoid. You want to avoid leaving the elephant in the room. Now, Brother Job is said to have lived during Abraham's time. Uh, he had this to say about fear. He said, for the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is come upon me. So the thing that he feared that he walked around in his mind, in his psychic community, he was afraid of something. Now, apparently that got out. You know, what's in your mind is one thing. But when it gets out, uh, if you are if there's too much emphasis placed on that, if it's not just a general conversation and emphasis is placed on it, it can become a weapon. That's why some things we have to ponder in our heart rather than to release it. And so he feared and the thing that he feared has happened to him. Job was saying that he, he looked at his home. He looked at his marriage. He looked at his children and relationships, friends and, and different things, his employment. And he thought about the what ifs, the what ifs. Sometimes we get caught into the what ifs. Have you ever um, dealt with something or you walked around thinking about something? You, Matter of fact, you, you thought the worst of something. Let, let's just say you applied for a loan and you hadn't heard nothing in three days. And, and so um, and so you begin to think the worst thoughts that, well, you know, it's been denied only to find out that it was approved. And there was some communication issue that you didn't get the message or or maybe it was approved at the time that they uh, they were waiting for some information to come back or something. Uh, but the what ifs got the most of you. The what ifs got the best of you and you begin to waver, uh, and, you know, and, and then there are other times. And I'm not one that believes that. No news is good news because I found that not to be true. Sometimes you don't get news and and it's because it wasn't it wasn't approved. And so and then we have to deal with that side of it. It was the what ifs that opened the door and allowed those fears to be ushered into his life. Those fears all of a sudden was manifested. Hidden fear is just as dangerous as open fears you confess to having. Proverbs 23 and 7, uh, this first part of it says, For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So see, if you're walking around in fear within your heart, then you're going to act that way. You're going to respond because of what's in your heart, because of what you're thinking about, and, you know, what you're meditating on, what you're going to sleep with, what you're waking up with. It, you're going to be acting a certain way. You're eating it and drinking it. So the scripture says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, 
but his heart is not with thee. And so that fear, that fear takes control. Luke 6 and 45 says, a good man, a good man, out of the good treasures of his heart, bringeth forth that which is good, the good treasure of your heart. Um, Proverbs, no, excuse me, um, Philippians, I think Philippians about the fourth chapter talks about uh, about whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are good report. In other words, we should be thinking some happy thoughts instead of walking around thinking about doom and gloom. Even when we talk about the coming of the Lord, that is not a doom and gloom for the saints of God, for those that truly believe. Now, belief, uh, put a pause on it. Belief, belief, it means that you are anticipating. Hold on. Thank you. Belief means that you are anticipating his return. I mean, that is what we're what we've committed ourselves unto. We talk about going to going to be with the Lord. And so we're committed to that. So the Bible said that we ought to encourage each other with these words. It's a fearful thing when you think about being left behind. So that should encourage you not to to do all that you can do, you know, with all the opportunities that we have, and we have, we have great opportunity. Preachers, ministers, let me just say ministers so that I, that, that's a blanket that covers every officer, okay? Every believer, we're all, we're ambassadors for Christ, okay? There we go. We should not spend our time doing anything outside besides your regular work, your natural, your substance you're doing. But when it comes down to the gospel and the expectation that God's have, we should be preaching Christ and him crucified. Nothing else. We don't have time spending our wheels to talk about other people, to put folks down and all that kind of stuff. I'm not saying you condone sin. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that there are so many souls to be reached. And if you build your ministry off of off of beating up on other folks, and I, I say that because I heard someone that has never visited uh, this area that we're in talk about something that they've never been exposed to or sit down to a minister that I uh, that I know and know very well, but yet there was something that was said that was out of line. We should be preaching Christ and we should be praying for one another rather than because the Bible says what for out of the abundance of the heart, a mouth speaketh. So that means that that if all you got to talk about is somebody else, you, you messy. You've been a busy body in other people's matters. That's what the scripture says. And, and so with brotherly love, let brotherly love continue. It's a very precious thing. And so the Bible tell us in Proverbs 18 and 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. So what comes out of our heart is either death or life. What are you allowing to exist in your life? Is it death? Well, I just had to tell them. No, did you really? Did you really have to tell them? Or is it life? Are you speaking life to someone? 
Are you wishing them well? Are you blessing them? Are you telling them that, hey, I, I pray that, that your ministry is going well, that God has called you to do because you are, every minister, every person is held accountable. The Bible said, even for the very words that we speak, we're held accountable for them. Now we can talk or think so much on something that it begins to manifest. That's why it's important what you say to your children. If you're always telling them they no good and up to no good and, and all kind of verbiage that you feed into them, well, guess what? They're going to start acting that way. Then when they get in trouble, they, they're going to feel bad and, and say, well, I was told this. And because they've now they, they've drunk that Kool-Aid. Do not serve that to nobody. We need to leave the what ifs alone. You have enough to live for without that. Now, fear, again, fear causes trouble. Your fear, your fear causes trouble. You need to encourage someone not to be afraid. There are so many, again, there are so many avenues for doing things and learning about something. Uh, there are so many things that, that you might think is hard that are really easy. You just need the right person to show you how to do it. Is that right? You just need the right person to show you how to do it. And then you find out how easy it is. It's not difficult. Your fear. Something is going on the inside. You know, we used to sing a song, something on the inside, working on the outside. Oh, what a change in my life. Well, that could be good or bad. And I hope that is good. The Bible says, and Isaac dwelt in Gerar. And now that's north of Egypt. It's in the Gaza Strip. And the Lord told him to remain there. Don't, don't leave there. Don't go nowhere. Don't go down to Egypt. Now his dad went to Egypt, him and Sarah. Now, even though there was a famine, a lack of resources, he was told, don't do that. Don't do that. Now, Egypt is considered to be a type of the world, a place uh, uh, they would eventually be delivered from. It was not time for him to go there. When and what God delivers you from, you should not do it. Don't go back to it. Don't go to them for help. Stay away from it. God delivered you from it. Don't put yourself in that situation. You were, when you do that, you are replacing or you're placing the individual and maybe their ability above God's ability. Why does that happen? Because of fear, fear. I can't make it on my own. I have to, I, well, wait a minute. Are you following the instructions? Are you being obedient to what you were told to do to, to, to help the situation? Or did you dismiss it because of your fear? Fear. Your fear will cause trouble. We want God to help, but then we reject his instructions. Isaac did not reject God's instructions. He followed what God had to say. And so the seventh verse says, and the men of the place asked him of his wife. They're asking about Rebecca. And he said, she is my sister. Remember, his dad did the same thing. For he feared to say she is my wife. Lee said he, the men of the place should kill me for Rebecca. And I'm not dying for you, Rebecca. You fine and all. I love you. I work and, and have remained faithful unto you, and but I'm not dying for you. The Bible says the man saw and asked about Rebecca. 
Abraham, his dad, same thing, found himself in the same situation. And Isaac responded just like his father did. Saints and friends, we need to understand something. We cannot ignore this. It is, it has been very clear that your son and or daughter mirror you. Different times, different actions. There are some things that I've seen my 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 children do. My they're not children, but you know, and I'm like, oh, that's their mom. And then there are other times I saw things and I knew it was me. I knew it was me. And so I didn't say nothing. Matter of fact, I kind of backed up and, and let their uh, and let it be handled differently because I knew that 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 was me. And so they cannot help it. It's their DNA, the DNA. So some would say, well, that DNA don't exist because I'm in God. Listen, you have a physical body. And when you get sick, you sneeze, you, your nose run, you, you, you pass gas and, and all kind of stuff. You know, you go to the bathroom just like everybody else. So don't, don't, it's not all spiritual. Your children do the same. And so you cannot get upset with them because they act like you. The difference, what, what bothers us is that they act like you on steroids. There's a heighten to what they're, to what they're doing. They've taken your actions to another level. Now, my son, he did something and, and I was not happy about it. Then it hit me that he acted just like me and I had to rethink and even humble myself uh, and my response. Because, you know, then when we talked about it, we uh, we both laughed and I, I told him, I said, I, I couldn't help but understand that that you acted out just like I did when I was your age. I know what you did. And and so we talked about that sort of thing. But you have to do the same thing. You have to remember your child is like you or their dad. There's traits. And so you have to deal with them accordingly. Our fears will cause trouble. We shouldn't beat them down. We shouldn't tell them that, you know, yell at them. Some people have yelled at their children just at the mere fact that, and I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say this because, because dad didn't stay with them. And so they take it out on the child and that's wrong. Love that child. That child is an inheritance uh, of the Lord. And so you have to love that child and raise them up so that they don't feel uh, neglect in any kind of way so that they'll be the person, the man and the woman that God is is calling for in spite of uh, the fears and the different things that you dealt with um, in that relationship. And that's what we're talking about. We're talking about dealing with things up front so that you don't deal with them later. At least you you minimize what you're what you may deal with later. Those that are, are dating, those that are seeking to marriage and think, deal with stuff now. As you did go into a relationship, you need to talk about the different things of expectation. Uh, gentlemen, if you don't expect her to cook, don't, don't put that on her after y'all marrying. Then all of a sudden you want her to be in the kitchen. No, no, don't, don't. You want her to mop the floor. And let me tell you, mopping floors is backbreaking and they have easier methods of doing that, but it's still, that's laborious. You ought to mop the floor. And, and so different things, different things you need to talk about. You have to talk about the bedroom. You have to talk about the living room. You have to talk about in public. Well, let's go on a little further here. And it came to pass when he had 
been there a long time that Abimelech, king of the Philistines, looked out the window and saw and beheld Isaac was sporting with Rebekah, his wife. Now, Isaac and Rebekah couldn't help it. This is They're married. It's all right to have the can't help it. And so as husbands and wife, you can't help that. And, and there should be some PDA. There should be some PDA. Nothing should prevent you from, from PDA. Now, for those of you that don't know what PDA is, that's public display of affection. Your wife, husband, and children should not be deprived of PDA, public display of affection. You ought to kiss your sons. You ought to hug them and, and show affection toward them. And the same thing for your daughters. It's not too late as long as they are alive and you are too, you know, pick it up. Uh, take it to take it to the next level. And so where it needs to be at. It's all right to give a man flowers. I gave my dad a bouquet of, of roses for his birthday one year and he was shocked. He's never experienced that. But why give him flowers when he can't smell it? He needs to be able to smell them and enjoy them now. He needs to be able to, to enjoy what they feel like, what they smell like. PDA. Someone should see you flirting with your wife or your husband. Many, many years ago, my wife and I, we were at dinner with the, with a couple of pastors and as the evening began to close, we were at the table and, 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 you know, after you finish eating, you feeling good and stuff like that, there was some flirtation that, that was going on. And I didn't think nothing about it because I, I think that it should exist in your relationship. And I said something and she laughed. It was a secret joke, but one of the pastors caught it and said, oh, that was one of those married jokes. And, and so there should be um, affection and I, there's not enough of that. We will tell God, I love you, Lord. And we cry into how much we love God. Did you tell your wife or your husband how much you love them with the same emotion? Did you, we see each other. I see you sitting here. I see you sitting there. I see you in my presence. Do we show the same emotion? God, the Bible even says that, how are you going to say that you love me and you and your brother's right there? You never see me, but you see your brother. Your family members, do, do you have you told your sister or brother that you love them or, or uh, you know, we'll tell a stranger. But what about your immediate family? We need to show them the same affection. Listen, it will solve a lot of issues. It will erase. The Bible said that that love covers a multitude of fault. There's some things that you may have argued about. And because of the love, you just like, yeah, forget it. Let's move on. It doesn't matter if it's at church, dinner, or, or a call during the day, whatever. Let them know you care about their mental, emotional, before you even get to the physical. Uh, touch them emotionally. Touch them mentally. It makes a difference, ladies and gentlemen. It makes a difference. Abimelech looked out and saw them. And he was startled because he's like, oh, man, dude, you, you flirting with your sister? Come on now, really? And Abimelech called Isaac and said, behold, of surety, she's your wife. Man, what y'all doing and how y'all carrying on? That ain't your sister. That's not your sister. 
How says thou she is my sister? And Isaac said unto him, because I said, least I die for her. It was fear that had been initiated, that initiated the problem. Fear, afraid. Have you ever acted out of fear? Thoughts begin to run through his mind is because his, of, that became his reality, that something might happen. Maybe it's because he heard about the aggressiveness of the men in that area. Uh, you know, maybe there was something that preceded that, but he should not have been, uh, but he was afraid. He was afraid. He was dealing with some issues. Uh, we need to resolve those issues early on in the relationship and, and not betray. Don't betray. We'll resolve those issues. Thoughts begin to run through his mind and it became a reality. Like you and I, he acted on them. The excuses begin. As you mature and realize excuses are not the best solution, but confessing our faults is. There are instructions given to those that are disciples of Christ. Remember, uh, after Luke, two epistles to Theophilus, the message is clear to the body of baptized believers. When you get uh, after the book of Acts, you get into Romans and the other epistles and stuff. Those are not written to uh, to unbelievers, those are written to believers. Those are written to those that have committed their lives unto the Lord. And so Romans 10 and 10 says, for with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Uh, James said in James 5 and 16, confess your fault one to another and pray one for another that ye may be healed. Man, that's so important. That's a very important scripture to take into your relationship. And the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. First John 1 and 9 said, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And Abimelech said, Abimelech is still talking to a man, what's going on here? What is this that thou hast done to us? One of the people might have lightly leaned. Somebody else may have saw her and, and, and started trying to talk to her. And thou should have brought guilt upon us. He was concerned. He was a man of integrity. I don't want, I don't have to, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with this. Now, remember, Abimelech knew something about God because he knew uh, Isaac's dad. And so Abimelech was not happy. He wasn't happy being lied to. You know, lies are what, what they call what a cardinal sin. You know, it's a very fun, he, don't, he didn't appreciate being lied to. And so we should practice and teach our children that lying and ourselves is not the way out of trouble. You have an escape at the beginning by not going along with the situation presented. That's your escape right then. Man, I ain't doing that. Oh, man, whatever. No, no, I ain't, I'm not entertaining that. And people will respect you when you take a stand for what is right. Matter of fact, you'll, you'll turn them from doing what is wrong too. Many situations begin with friends. Uh, what's that's what's going on, my friend, a list of things that, that I could just go through and start naming. But you need to know and teach your children and remind yourselves that when and how to take the lead in situations like you and I, it might take a uh, it might take a hurtful situation. But sometimes we've done some things that hurt it so bad. We know that we will never repeat those things, those actions again. We know we'll never cross that bridge again. That one big hurt, that one big hurt can change everything. But you don't want to experience that in order to make a good decision. 
And, and so uh, hurt will cause it to sink in. But if you can avoid that, do it at all costs. Your, your fear causes trouble. Don't let it. Don't let your fear cause you to get in trouble with God. Don't let your fear cause yourself to get in trouble in your relationship. Don't let your fear cause yourself to get in trouble on the job or anything else. Mighty God, bless your name, Jesus. Bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible goes on to say, and Abimelech charged all his people saying that he should not touch this man or his wife or else he'll put them to death. He'll surely be put to death. And Isaac sold in the land and received in the same year a hundredfold and the Lord blessed him. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your kindness and grace. We thank you, Lord, for blessing us, Lord God, with this short exhortation about fear. Help us to walk fearless. Lord God, to take a, bold, a bolder stand in your word, to communicate with one another so that we don't paint an abstract picture. Lord, help us, Lord, to be clear in our relationships, our relationship with one another, our relationships with you, our relationship in the natural, on the job. And Lord God, help us, Lord, so that fear does not cause us to deviate or to do something that we would feel bad about, that we would offend you in. We ask these blessings in the name of Jesus. Amen. Be blessed. Continue to pray for us as we are praying for you in Jesus' name. Share the link with someone. Tell them about ConnectingTruth.org. That, you know, one thing for sure is there's no artificial flavors. This is simply gospel. And that's what you need for the nurture. Let, let me share this with you right quick. I'm in a science class, which is coming to an end. I, 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 I love schooling. And so... Um, I'm finishing up a, a mathematics degree. And one of the things I learned in the science class is that the cure for cancer actually comes from a tree bark called the Pacific yield, a tree bark. And so there is a natural substance that God placed in the earth for the healing of our body. Something to think about, because the Bible tells us that the leaves are for the healing of the nations. God bless you.